Empire. Learning about the modern better. Being able to provide that customer with content which plays back what they're actually experiencing, what they're seeing themselves, references it. It shows that you know them. It shows that all that data that you have on them, you're actually able to, to bring to bear. Atian Thibault, Chief Product Officer at Future Anthem, where AI is learning about what is enticing on the big board. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. We have spent a lot of time on this show dedicated to how sports gambling is being integrated into modern sports. Little has been done to discuss retention of the better now that mobile technology dominates this landscape. And for Ian Tebow, the job is to figure out how to make that experience more enticing. Our guest this week is Ian Thibault, who is the Chief Product Officer at Future Anthem, which is a company that uses machine learning and artificial intelligence to personalize the betting experience for players. We're in Gambling 2.0. Hi, Ian. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me uh, on the show. All right. Where in the world are you? Uh, I'm in Gibraltar. Wow. Southern tip of, um, yeah, southern tip of Spain. Uh, Yeah. Good old Gibraltar. It's the only place that it appears from a gambling perspective, but um, yeah, it's nice. <laughs> all right, nice to have you here all the way from Gibraltar. Okay, let's talk about Future Anthem. Um, it's machine learning, artificial intelligence to personalize the betting experience. What do you mean by that? What we mean by that is um, is really we're we're aiming to to bring those technologies um, to deliver personalized experiences within the industry at scale. Um, I think when you really look at, uh, at the different facets, <laughs> what machine learning enables us to do is to be able to provide um, much better experiences to players based on their historical activity, um, but do that across customer bases, which are hundreds of thousands in size on products where in real time, every single second counts. So whether it's point, point betting on uh, on basketball or, or whether it's uh, the spin of a slot wheel, you need to be able to bring the technology together with the domain experience that we have um, to know what the customer wants right in those moments. So the idea is you're going to look at past uh, gaming or gambling tendencies and you are then going to put in front of the customer, these are things you might be interested in that are happening in real time. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we work with um, transactional data, uh, and that gives us the basis to uh, to understand um, what a customer has done in, in the past. Um, once we take the transactional data, we build behavioral player profiles uh, and really get a, a really strong view of, of what what the experience has been for that customer over a period of time. Uh, and then that's where our data scientists go to work uh, and do all, all of their clever um, clever stuff to be able to then use that to predict based on um, what's going on within the current experience, what they, they're likely to want in the future. So um, bring whether that's a betting opportunity or whether it's recognizing that a customer's uh, potentially going to churn, um, those are used as the, the triggers to, to then provide an action uh, actually into the player's experience. Are you looking at this as something that will be valuable in-game betting as things are happening fast and in real time? Or are you looking at this 
more broadly um, as someone looks at an entire, I don't know, betting slate? Yeah, so more broadly, so the answer is yes to both. Um, uh, we, we, will, we can work um, even with daily data um, to understand players' behavior right the way down to real-time data. So the, the platform that we have gives us the flexibility to be relevant to all of those touch points. Obviously, in-game betting brings with it its own complexities. Um, uh, and so that, from a technical perspective, is, is definitely where the greatest challenge lies. Um, but what we already see is that to be able to work to personalize a player's experience is, is just something which they expect within their, their daily life, within digital products. Uh, and the response is um, whether you're, you're sending people kind of offline communications or, or whether that's directly while they're, they're in, uh, in the experience. Um, we see really strong results. Okay. Um, so what have you learned about modern gamblers by doing this? Um, what we've learned about modern gamblers is that um, I, I think they they have a, a tendency to um, react so much better when their product experience is really relevant to them in the moment that it's relevant to them. So when you think about like a typical um, gambler who's who's a recipient of the many kind of CRM um, a- engines that, that are out there, um, what what even is is very rarely something which is tailored to them in the moment when it, it's actually happening. So from a CRM perspective, if you think about churn, typically what would happen is you'd be looking on a rules-based system backwards. You'd identify churn by whether a customer hadn't actually placed a bet in seven or 28 days. Um, and what we see, obviously, is that, that that leads to fairly low reconversion. You're, you're sending someone an offer eight days after they had a bad experience, it has a far less impact than being able to present that customer with an offer almost in, in real time. Um, when they're actually, they're feeling the emotions, right? Sports customers are emotional. They're, they feel they live their bets all the way through. Um, and they definitely die that, direct that towards the brands of whether they, they're going to continue to bet with them. And therefore being able to provide them with something which recognizes that I know that you've just had a bad beat Right here is a, huh. a communication that addresses that means it, it, it's so, so powerful. That That's really interesting because initially when I went into this conversation, I thought we were going to mainly just talk about putting things in front of people in real time that would be interesting to them that they would probably want to bet on and maybe don't have the time to find quickly, especially in an in-game experience. But what you're talking about is the flood of marketing that comes from all of these different platforms and how this could benefit them in streamlining their marketing in a better way? Yeah, I think I think we can we can help businesses um, work with regards to to di- providing real time triggers that that again can then send messages to, to different um, customer groups, but also being able to provide them with the content as well, which is really engaging in the moment for the customer. Um, so being able to, if you think about um, if you think about know, FIFA or any esport. You get to the you get to the end of the game and you're presented back with a bunch of stats. It's just part of the way that people interact with digital experiences that they get the ability to, to look backwards. So what we see with our, our, our data capability is we can identify the right customers to, to communicate to. We can identify the audiences um, and we can do that at a point in time, which means that you even if you're delivering event driven marketing, you can be really relevant in your message because you've got a high degree of confidence that you're talking to a customer about something that's relevant to them. But also uh, when you look at the content, 
being able to provide that customer with content which plays back what they're actually experiencing, what they've seen themselves, references it. It shows that you know them. It shows that all that data that you have on them, you're actually able to, to bring to bear. Uh, and then it, it really drives a, a stronger connection with the, um, with the brand. So I, I want to get your, your viewpoint of what's happening in the United States, where obviously things changed. Uh, it is now legal in certain states. Slowly, each jurisdiction is changing. Where I live in the state of Maryland, they just opened up mobile gaming and gambling on sports betting. That is two years behind Washington, D.C., which it borders, and a year behind Virginia, which it also borders. So this is what's happening around our country. And the same thing, having lived here, I've watched this. The same marketing campaigns happen over and over when a jurisdiction changes. There's this kind of wash of offers from all the different operators to try to encourage new customers to come in. And then I've had this question. It seems like you're trying to answer it. The retention part seems to be hard if all of these different operators are constantly offering you new things. Yeah, absolutely. I I think when you think, from within an operator, the, the um, just the operational challenge of uh, of scaling that quickly across so many meaningful jurisdictions means that the ability naturally to kind of tailor the experience is is limited. The the focus is on it, it's far better for them to be live in a state than to to wait behind for the perfect experience. So fully understand their approach. I think what we see though is that. Using the tools that, that we have available in the, and, and our, our um, proprietary uh, platform, we're able to actually scale the capability to tailor those messages and identify customers. Because from our perspective, state is just one column in a database table. So being able to, once we have that data, being able to then really identify, well, what should the message be to, to a customer in Maryland compared to what it should be in Virginia? Uh, and I think really understanding the nuances as well on a state by state level, where location within the state is really going to drive different betting patterns. Huh. These are things from a data standpoint. Um, we just need to capture the data and then we can see the behavior and then we can begin to use that as a basis. For yeah, it, it's interesting you point that out. Like when this all first started here, I was up in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania had legalized before many of these other states. And I was talking to a sports book director there. And he said, you know, that like on Sundays, 90% of the bets are going to be on the Eagles game just because the people are blind to bet on the Philadelphia Eagles. What you're saying here is that that's not abnormal, that you're going to find different betting, almost crowdsourced betting patterns regionally. Yeah, I think I, I think it's a really interesting one because the. There will always be kind of headline um, events which are, are, are far and away the most popular. But but actually from the um, from the data that that really does kind of it doesn't lie. So if you do have customers who are landing on site who have absolutely no interest in that event at that time, naturally the way that sports books are built mean that they kind of have to consume the most popular experience, even if it's not relevant to them. What, what we'll enable, um, what enable operators to do is to be able to take a feed which says, when a customer lands on a site, these are their preferences. These are the sports which they are most interested in, right? The, this is the order that we see. Here are the events that they're most interested in. And therefore that, that allows a product experience which is tailored to that customer, irrespective of what's going on elsewhere. 
Um, I'm sure that, that even during the Super Bowl, people are betting on other sports. So this actually provides the ability to, pro- to, to give those customers the most relevant experience for them in an automated fashion um, without the kind of constraints of a one-size-fits-all um, UX. This episode is brought to you by Chalk and Dog, which brings together the vast experience and expertise of two of the brightest agencies in media, sports, wagering, and gaming. With deep roots in the UK and the US, the agency offers expert guidance in everything from market entry to market expansion for startups as well as established global brands powered by best-in-class communication and creative experts. Chalk and Dog has vast international experience and delivers results-oriented, tailor-made solutions for B2B and B2C organizations. Let me ask you about incentives. What, what do you know about that now? What are customers interested in getting? Do they want offers? Do they want free bets? Do they want experiences? What, what have you learned about them? Uh, it, so that, that's a really interesting question. It, that's an, uh, an early area for us um, that we're looking at. I, I'm yet to meet a customer that doesn't like a free bet. Um, <laughs> and so as, you, as you'd expect, the um the any kind of freebie is always going to have a, a strong uptake um but what we what we definitely do see and we're exploring is how you can actually identify on a per customer basis which types of offers are most relevant to that customer that actually drive the behavior that you want as a sports book um because ultimately you can always give away free bets uh, it will always drive turnover but actually, does that really change the player's behavior? Or do you actually just see that those players bet very differently when it's a free bet, and then they just revert back to their normal pattern? Uh, and I think the area where we're focused around this is, is really understanding how we can help sportsbooks direct their, their marketing spend fundamentally and their promotion budget to the right customers where there's the highest chance of it driving the right behaviors for the, for the book. Uh, and you're not just kind of casting the net really, really wide, driving a short-term increase. And then, like you said, around retention, you, you're not actually seeing any changes in behavior. So what have you seen then? What, what kind of trends have you seen as jurisdictions change in the United States? Are there any kind of trends that you've kind of seen materialize as as the jurisdictions uh, legalize? I, I think for us at the moment, that this is quite early. So we're not at the place where we've really dug into the, the trend analysis on a state-by-state basis. Um, it's definitely something that, that we're, we've seen from our previous experience um, will be very, very different. Um, but yeah, we're a bit early to, to be able to dig into it in that level of detail. Okay. What have you learned uh, from watching all of this in Europe that you think will translate over to the United States? I, I, think, um, I think the main thing, the, the main thing which we've seen and kind of learned from experiences in Europe is, is that ultimately product experience wins out. Um, and the, while the offers will, will always be there, whenever there's a, a new jurisdiction that opens, that, then there's always a land grab, there's always a, um, a, a focus on acquisition. The, the brands that really focus on and understand their player behaviors and understand how to meet those needs across the entire year and they understand when to engage them obviously from seasonality they'll be the brands that that will will succeed because the nuances of sports betting mean if we go back to that churn example um we're building a model at the moment which actually looks um at predicting churn based on Actually, is there an event in the next two weeks that this customer is likely to bet on? 
because it'd be really easy to say, well, look, in two weeks' time, they've churned. But actually, when you get to the end of the NFL season, then those customers likely are going to disappear, right? There's going to be a lot of customers that will stop betting because there's just nothing that will interest them. So being able to provide that to sportsbooks, to be able to identify customers, identify what they may be interested in in the future from the sporting calendar, and then refine their marketing approaches, it means to reactivate with greater confidence. You cannot waste marketing dollars sending people promotions when they're actually just they're, they're, um, they're looking to kind of draw back on their activity. And, and so it really allows for, for a focusing of effort on those customers where you, you can really use your, your promotional budget to drive, um, drive better behaviors and drive a, a better outcome for the, for the book. Okay. Um, I'll leave you with this. Um, if we did this conversation again in a year or two, like what do you then want to know about your customers as you are at the early stage of kind of learning what your customers are into, what they like and, and how they should be communicated with? Uh, yeah. In, a, in a, a few years, I think, I think in a few years time we we'll actually see a sports book being largely driven by, um, by AI. Um, uh, and the, the overall experience will be driven by a number of, of models which work together to provide uh, an experience to the customer which is really relevant to them. Um, I, I think the technology is there now uh, and also with companies like ourselves where we're bringing together years and years of sportsbook domain experience from building sportsbooks to then working with AI technologies, we're really not far away from being able to provide that experience to, to a sports better. Um, so I think what we'll what we'll learn about people's behaviours there is is the different nuances about what's relevant to them at, at which times and how best to engage customers so that you can find that balance between offering a product that has really easy navigation and it's really easy for them to find what they know they want want to place a bet on balance against discoverability where you can also then present to them things which maybe they weren't aware of. But they actually, the data says that they are actually interested in it, and those are things which they can engage with as well. So the, this will be, um, I think, learning the balance between providing an experience that's driven towards navigation and discoverability will be be fascinating journey. Ian Thibault is the chief product officer at Future Anthem. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a lot. Cheers. On the next Future Sport Podcast, you can invest in the careers of some soccer diamonds in the rough. Video footage is still king in this uh, industry. We're not extracting the data ourselves because there are countless platforms that do that for us. What we're doing is we use the scouting, core scouting team to, to, to find these talents, and then our app crowdfunds so that we can bring these players to Europe. That's Adrian Docha, CEO of Nordensa, a company scouting players and allowing fans to invest in their playing futures. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.